April 15, 2021. It's a lot from Pedro's show.
lot from Pedro Show. Happy Thursday. Started off with John Coltrane doing Blue Train. I think this is second solo wreck. Only one for Blue Note. Now it's Klein records for Blue Note these days. Then we had uh, Colin Edwin. Hell within your hands. And Brother Matt at the Love Grotto on the Pleasure Point because we're still in quick quarantino mode. But I'm not totally man alone, people. Because of those software engineers in Estonia with their Skype invention. I got Mr. Colin Edwin with me. Welcome aboard, Colin. Hey, hello. Yeah. Now, what town are you talking to me from? Just near London. So, uh, yeah, you head out of London north and I'm just there. And what's it called? It's called Apsley, Little Place. (laughs) (laughs) But next to a huge ass thing or part of a metro, whatever. Uh, Look, I want to get into your journey through music. So please bring me your earliest musical recollection, please. My earliest musical recollection? Well, I grew up in a house with with, uh, two sisters and a brother who all played instruments. And my father played jazz guitar. So... I was completely surrounded by music from a really, really young age. They were all older than me, my siblings. So uh, my brother playing classical guitar was probably the first thing I can remember. Okay. That, that's bitching environment. Especially <laughs> yeah, if you're yeah, going to beco- was... become a music man down the road yourself, you know. So all well, these I... instruments in the pad, as, as a boy and shit, did you jump on any? actually no that's the weird thing is is i didn't i didn't take to music until i was 15 so i was never encouraged to learn an instrument or anything else you you know i I just kind of gravitated towards it what can i ask you about school were you in the choir the marching band or shit like that no no none of that the only thing i remember doing was in my last year of high school a friend of mine persuaded me to play in the sort of rock and roll musical that they put on (laughs) and what'd you play uh, so I played bass, you know, okay. and, and yeah. I didn't want to do it. And then I remember, actually, I was the only one that turned up to all the rehearsals. And, <laughs> now, we, in we, the end, you we, know, we, I was the only one that took it seriously. Yeah, yeah. But that, hey, that's showing some fucking, uh, what do we call it, spinal fortitude or some shit. <laughs> but, 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 but how long were you on the bass at that time? Uh, yeah, so I, I picked up a bass when I was about 15. Uh, my father bought me this really cheap secondhand, like Fender jazz copy thing. But why? Uh, I think he didn't believe that I was going to do it. You know, it'd been so long and I'd been surrounded by instruments and, and music, you know, that he probably didn't think I was ever going to bother. You know, he thought it was a flash in the pan. I was just so he he kind of bought me this thing, cheap thing, just to sort of keep me happy. But Colin, why bass? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I think I think I was playing, you know, I was spending so much time listening to music and, and that time in the 80s, there was a lot of really upfront bass playing going on on, on, on sort of pop records and, and things that you just hear, you know, all kinds of music, you know. So I was sort of interested in the bass and then I think maybe because my brother was a, was a quite an accomplished sort of classical guitar player that, you know, my dad didn't want to have any kind of rivalry. <laughs> would... <laughs> okay, okay, that makes sense. But so he kind of chose bass for you. Like, like D. Boone's Ma picked bass for me. I didn't even know fucking well. Uh, you're talking about you listen to a lot of music. Can you tell me the first record you bought with your own money? Yeah, yeah. The first record I bought with my own money was, was 
The Rise and Fall by Madness. Okay, there's some fucking bass, big bass pumping in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that it's guy, great. That, I can't remember his name, but he was, yeah, he was happening. Really, yeah. actually, that whole scene, right? The ska thing, the bass is really propulsive. Really. Yeah, yeah, all those bands like The Beat, The English Beat, as you probably knew them in America. Right, uh, Selectors. Specials, loads specials. of Specials, yeah, what were they called? Twin Tone, right? Yeah. Yeah, two-tone, the two-tone two-tone, stuff. that's it, that's it, that's it. Twin-tone was a Minneapolis uh, <laughs> label that didn't do ska, but <laughs> hey, what the fuck? Music is music, right? So uh, what was the first gig you saw? Yeah, probably probably something to do with my father. I, I remember going to a lot of pubs with my dad because he would go and play, you know, jazz guitar sure. with, with uh, just guys that he knew, nothing serious, not, not proper concerts or anything, just kind of low-key but I got into carrying his amp for him. Yeah, the schlep. <laughs> you learned the schlep early. I was underage, and of course I was allowed in, you know, and I could drink and stuff. So there was a, there was a benefit to that as well, you know. Right, and you were getting prac at one of the really uh, over underlooked or understudied uh, skills you got to learn. Although us bass guys with the class D and the fucking neodymium speakers, our, our schlep is getting a little smaller. There, there's, these, yeah, yeah. there's these cats in Brighton, right? This guy named Alex making bare-faced speakers, you know, 1,200 watts in a 40-pound box. Yeah, it's all getting much smaller now with, with amps. It's amazing. Love it. Yeah, and the speaker boxes. And uh, the speakers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. right. Now, now uh, let me ask you this. Uh, what about after school? Not graduate, but in the afternoon, uh, bedroom, because you said you're 15 when you get this bass, so 15... Uh, sounds like high school, maybe uh, bedroom band, basement band, garage band. Yeah, yeah. I, I managed to put something together with a bunch of friends of mine. And, and we had this sort of room that we had access to uh, in the school. Um, and one of the sort of groovy teachers lived above this, this basement room. And he, he gave us the key and he let us use it to rehearse in. Wow. And we used to go and take bits of the school drum kit and, and our guitars and stuff and go down and just try and play, you know. Sure. Uh, and it went really well until the school caretaker found out about it and locked all our stuff in. <laughs> oh, fuck. But that teacher was cool people. And, 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 and I'm curious, were you guys trying to copy off records like me and Dee Boone or were you trying to write original material? Well, it was a mix of both. You know, someone would, would try and play something that he knew and show us, you know, show us what he knew. And we'd try and copy what was going on. And then we one of the guys was a bit of a songwriter and we would try and, and just sort of play along in, in our own way, you know. And it was probably a mess, but it, it, it was definitely a start. And it was great because we were doing it together. And that yeah, was important. Sure. It was a social thing as well. Yeah, of course. And did this band have a name? No, not really. It just, uh, it was just like, it never got off the, the you right. know, never got off the launch pad, really. But Well, well just, as far as practice, it was off the launch pad, but you never did any gigs. No, no, not not initially. No, it was just sort of maybe the school hall or something silly. But it was great to have the opportunity to play regularly, you know, with people and then. No, absolute. That's why I ask about it. So, so what was your first gig? It was in the school hall? Yeah, I think, well, you're going way back, and, and probably that was something I did, yeah. I mean, I definitely remember playing the school musical, uh, and that was something that was something that was that was really, in retrospect, really good experience, you know. We had to learn a load of songs. Right. 
and and play them, you know, to, to an audience for sort of three or four nights in a row. And that was something that we'd never done before. Sure, sure. Happening. Okay, I want to play Harvest. Not the Neil Young one. <laughs> <laughs>
With the ego, you're hoping is wound. No, you carry it round, and nobody wants to hurt you. No, you carry your wound. With the ego, you're hoping is wound. No, you carry it round. Nobody wants to hurt you.
cigarette Well, there's better ways to you live long day But I haven't found it yet I need a cup of coffee and a king-size cigarette Well, I go in around 8 o'clock At the local hardware store And I count my cash and I comb my hair And get ready for my chores But before I start, I think I need something more I need a cup of coffee and a king-size cigarette I need a cup of coffee and a king-size cigarette Well, there's better way to start your live long day Well, I haven't found it yet I need a cup of coffee and a king-size cigarette Well, the doctor said they'll kill me And I'm the only one to blame And I know that doctor's probably right But I love them all the same Oh, when the working day is over When the working day is through I got a lot of kisses for my missus And a lot of hugging, too But before I do that, there's one thing I just gotta do I need a cup of coffee and a king-size cigarette I need a cup of coffee and a king-size cigarette Well, there's better way to end your live long day Well, I haven't found it yet I need a cup of coffee and a king-size cigarette
for Pedro Show. That chunk of music started with Edwin, Durant, Cove Tune, with uh, Harvest, which uh, I was enlightened to find out, a Ukrainian folk song. Reinterpreted, of course. And then Guided by Voices, I Bet Hippie, brand new Bob Pollard. You know, he's got to put out at least 10 albums a year, right? (laughs) Incredible. I know what's in the water in Dayton, Ohio, but Jesus, can he pump the 
And, you know, I was reading, uh, he said why he sings with an England accent. He says, if I don't do that, people will think I'm a hick. <laughs> so thank you for that. <laughs> you and your country, Edwin. Because <laughs> Bob Pollard would have a, yeah, might put a kink in his song <laughs> flow. But the Eternal uh, Return, brand new, The Void. Bob is printed in with Weird and Casual from the archive. They just found another few thousand songs on cassette. And, uh, Andy Kerr. Uh, He's in Netherlands now, but original Vancouver. A cup of coffee and a king-size cigarette. Uh, after that, Tim Wholehouse. Sorry. And finally, Blue Mint from Edwin Jurgendal. Yeah, Jurgendal, I think, okay, maybe. Okay, but you would know probably better. Well, not at all, because it's, a, it's an Estonian name, so... Uh... Yeah, but you played with the cat. Did he tell you his name? <laughs> yeah, I just called him Robert. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Okay. So, a Baltic name. Yeah, that's that's great. You know, Raymond Pettibone, his uh, mother's from Estonia. so It's a great place, Tallinn. I don't know if you've ever been to that's, Tallinn. Be I drove through it from the... I took the ferry from Sweden, so I didn't get to play there, but I drove through it. It was very pretty, and I know it's the big town there, and I know some things because of Raymond. But... Uh, Okay, okay, so you do the musical and shit. What, 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 what do you do with music after you get out of school? Do you go to college and, and study music there? No, no. I, I, I was really, really, really lucky. When I was, I'd been playing the bass for a really short period of time, I met this really top London session bass player who was a friend of, a friend of my sister's, my older sister's. Like He was going out with a, one of their friends. And he came to me and said... Oh, if you're interested in playing the bass, you know, I can show you a few things. So I didn't study formally, but I actually used to study with him. And it was amazing. He didn't take any money for it. I used to go around his house regularly and he taught me all the things I needed to know I would have learned in college. He taught me how to read music. He taught me how to read chord symbols, uh, you know, all the kind of working skills that you need. So I studied with him, you know, kind of like informally. It wasn't really study. It was just like, you do this, and then if you keep doing it, we keep going. That so, sounds pretty practical and useful to me. Yeah. I mean, it was amazing. <laughs> I was really, really lucky. You know, having got to 15 in a musical family and not had any tuition or any uh, any kind of encouragement, really. Well, I say no encouragement. I was never... I never did any formal lessons. And then, yeah, you know, within you a... You know, there might be a trip about that, Colin, because... Like I had Ian McKay on the show and like he's trying to get his boy into like music and like he didn't want to, do, he doesn't want to do it either. I think maybe, with not consciously, but maybe I want to be my own man. Maybe. Yeah, I guess it comes out. When you want to do something, it comes out, doesn't it? If you want to take photographs or paint, you suddenly feel the urge and you want to do it. And And I was just lucky that I had the help when I needed it, you know. Okay. I had the I had the guidance, if you like, you sure. know, somebody along and showed me because I, I didn't have a clue. And my dad tried, you know, he my dad could play guitar pretty well, but it didn't work. <laughs> you they're, know, they're me different, as a huh? learning, you know, it didn't work. Some people think basses are guitars with four strings. That's not the truth. They're more like no. big violins without the chin part. <laughs> you <know>? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Got to use them open strings. Okay. You know. Uh, uh, who am I thinking of? Herbie Flowers. That's a that's a great session man in England playing bass. Oh man, 
What yeah, a, yeah. I, I've I've kind of studied under him without him knowing it. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That that tune, uh, jump into the fire with uh, Harry Nilsson. He detunes while they're while they're recording. You know, he detunes <laughs> to do the solo and then tunes back up, right? Because it's in D, so may, might as well get the string down there, the low string. So okay, after the studying stuff, what would you? Uh, Start doing sessions, you join bands, uh, side band, start your own band? Well, I, I managed to meet a few people and I started to get paying gigs, you know, just like anything, bars and, and small places and, and places in London, you know. And then that kind of led me, uh, my first sort of regular gig was actually in a sort of blues rock band doing like covers and Jimi Hendrix covers and things like that. Um which wasn't really what I wanted to do, but it was great because it was so regular. They had so many gigs, you know, so it was, you know, it made me that that was kind of my, my job, you know, playing the bass became my job. I was doing it enough, you know, with that and other things. So yeah. that's really what got me going. But I carried on studying and working on it and, and just taking anything that I could really. No Redding, Billy Cox. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. And Jimmy, too. Actually, Jimmy's on a lot of the recordings in the studio on bass. And it's not a bad stuff. I mean, it ain't James Jamerson, but it's 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 at least rooted in that stuff. So, I, you know, it's not the left hand on a fucking bass synth. <laughs> well, I've always I've always loved um, the band of Gypsies album. Yeah, that was, absolutely. Yeah, that that really blew my mind, you know. And actually, it was like bits of it are like fantastic, so ahead of its time, you know. I love it. I love it. And you know, it's the fucking uh, second set of the first gig. Yeah, yeah, and pretty balls out. <laughs> you know, here we go, right out the fucking gate. Okay, uh, what what about recording? No, I never really did a lot of recording. Uh, you know, various little things. I can remember my first experience with a bunch of friends was saving up enough money to go to a, a an eight track studio, and you know, it took us ages to save up, and we would have an eight hour session where you had to play live and then mix straight away. And, you you know, you're lucky if you can do three songs. Sure, sure. Like a gig in front of the microphones. Yeah, yeah, basically. But that was great, you know. I mean, that was – it's so easy now with computers. You can just record everything all the time. But, you know, the idea of having to go to a – you know, put everything on tape and, and just do it as it is, you know, that's great. That was great experience as well, you know. But, you know, we couldn't do it all the time. Did you have red light fever? <laughs> I can remember, yeah, yeah. It's sort of, it's it's a weird state of mind. You have to really concentrate. And I wasn't used to that because playing live, it's something that comes and goes, you know. Right. And then you realize when you're recording, you're making a, a permanent thing. You're, you're making a picture with the sound, you know, and you can't, well, you can change it, of course. You can edit a bit, but you don't, you want to try and get it as, 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 as uh, kind of focused as possible. Yeah, it's kind of a gravestone, a keeper. Exactly, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> and so you realize the consequence, and it actually makes you play worse. You got to, like, <laughs> let that go in a way. Yeah, yeah. It's a paradox that you play better when you sort of don't care, isn't right, it? It's right, like, right, right. Oh, you didn't have it in record? Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, now it's on record in a big bright light. Yeah, oh, man, oh, man. But, you know... All those experiences add up to where you are now, so they're all important and stuff like that. What about touring? Now you're talking about playing uh, 
uh, you know, bars and pubs and, and clubs and stuff. And what, what about getting in the van? And... Yeah, my first my first gigs were, were, were in Scandinavia right, years ago. I remember that first time I sort of went on tour and, and going to Denmark for a, for a couple of weeks, which was a ridiculous experience, you know, but it was such fun, you know. <laughs> but it was a real thrill just to go for me to go to another country and play and and even though it was chaotic and and mad it was just like you know you get the bug don't you you know yeah i've had it about 45 years now <laughs> <laughs> if you call a tour more than a month i've done 67 only oh, 67 man. more to go <laughs> so, and then, and then and, and there's no great uh, greater teacher, right, than being on the road and having to learn how to yeah, take care of yourself. Yeah, it's all on the job training, isn't it? You can't you can't you can only prepare so much. Really. Right. Because every venue is a different sitch. Right. So you have to work, the, learn how you're going to work that room just for that night. You got to get there safe. You got to leave. Everything's got, you know, you don't want to donate, leave a trail of all your shit. Come. <laughs> <laughs> you learn how to bring just enough stuff right because you, you know, it, extra stuff is going to get donated it's just a it's it's a trippy experience and it goes way back to vaudeville you know yeah yeah it's i mean i still love playing live it's 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 for me the best way to develop music as well you know it's where it's at really okay and in these situations these you were helping somebody out right with this wasn't your music yeah, yeah, I wasn't, I, uh, I was really just a, a bass player, you know, not, it's not my own stuff. Oh, wow. You, you don't think that the bass can be a composer too? Yeah, it is, yeah. I mean, I, I guess no one was telling me what to play. It's just... Um, I mean, it's not traditional to use the bass as a composition instrument, but I'm, I'm trying to change it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, there's such a strong thing between the voice and the bass. I've discovered, you know, like when I work with singers, you know, that they're really, really talking about, um, you know, play this so I can do this. You know, yeah. you really have to be sensitive. Absolutely. But James Jamerson said that's how he got his bass lines. He listened to the vocal line. Yeah, yeah. In fact, the the track Harvest you 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 played the yeah. Ukrainian folk song. So. Yeah. Everything was written around Inna Kovtan's vocals. There was there was nothing going on with that music other than her voice to start with. Okay. So we did it from the bass up, you know, making a connection between the bass and the voice and taking it from there. And that was when I started working with her. That was a great lesson. Oh, beautiful. Look, we're at the end of the first hour. April 15, 2021. Dish of Peter Show special guest Colin Edward. Hold tight for hour two. April 15, 2021. It's the second hour off for Pedro Show.
to know the under fire the mortal glow recognition recognizance and will one ever be oneself again a twirl of beneficiaries super colliding indelicately name withheld age withheld Will I ever be with I again? Now we're returning to the fold And I am learning to uphold my lower jaw to wrench it shut Cause there's just so much that I cannot control Join the avant-garde and see the world I know you don't believe a single word But I am drinking to your health Pull yourself together Back yourself Objects of adolescent desire Think about that An apartment in the city Any apartment Any city Once I professed to believe Now I think that I can truly see Pull yourself together Back yourself Back yourself Back yourself Back yourself
si sta con me Sista gången Sista gången Nu Sista gången Nu
Watch for Pedro Show start off the second hour with Burt Belief until the stars go out. After that, Ben Salter out of Tasmania. Back yourself. Live in Japan, actually. Justice Yeldon from Sydney after that with the quintessential fiction. Water Boogie System. Trap Pup Gang. Tommy Dahill. Dahill. Out of Alaska with the wrong song. <laughs> it's a great title. And Obaka with uh, Serving the Alibi. Serving the Alibi. You know, you said something off air about James Jamison there, Colin. Let the listeners hear. Well, yeah, I mean, we were just talking about his lines and, and how he how he focused on the, the voice. And, and, you know, I was saying he's like the godfather, you know. <laughs> there was bass before Jameson and bass after Jameson. It was, you know, the first sort of the, all those melodic lines, which are like yeah. the sort of hook for the records. It's such a powerful concept that he came up with, you know. And he comes from the stand-up bass. That's why I played with one finger. But also a lot of open strings because of that experience. He he was, yeah, he's a transition guy. He's a pioneer guy because they're moving over. that Right? They can't really record that thing right. So there's this new instrument. And a lot of people were thinking it was a toy, right? Leo didn't even fucking play. He made it for his friends so it was easy to tour with. But it, it ends up having its own thing. And James Jamerson is one of the reasons why, I think. I think it's still yeah. fine in itself. I think, and one of the things I was um, mentioning in the last hour was a, a composition tool instead of the last thing, unless it's a reggae song. I guess. <laughs> no, I, I remember writing this guy eight songs, and he still c- called them bass lines. He wouldn't call them verses and choruses and bridges and <laughs> intros. No, they were just bass lines, like Chico Hamilton not being able to get. Songwriting credit because he played the drums. Well, those yeah, notes. Those it's notes. a tough one with the bass. Okay, go you're, ahead. You're sort of in a, you know, you're, if you're doing the job right, sometimes you're, you're not doing anything noticeable, you know. Absolutely. That's, the, that's a fact, you know. Because you're glue, and, right? You're fitting everything together. You're like a mortar or grout between tiles and bricks. Exactly. exactly. You're the glue. So so it's a it's an important job, and it, it's an, it's a judgment call a lot of the time, isn't it? You're 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 having to sort of make the make the judgment of note and note length and all that stuff, and it's nothing particularly exciting like whacking the shit out of a drum kit. <laughs> no, no. Or, and I, actually, you can be mistaken too because of the low wavelengths. What thirty feet from your amplifier is much different than one foot from your amplifier. Yeah, yeah. And so, you, actually, sometimes it's good to get another opinion. Am I bogarting? <laughs> <laughs> now it's a it's a trippy thing. I'm I'm really glad. Uh, D Boone's mom put me on. I mean, the politics of bass too. You like you were saying, you look good, making others look good. I like that. It's not so me, me, me. It's. You're aiding a bed in the tune. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a backbone thing, isn't it? It's a, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a sort of, uh, somebody described it as, as sometimes like when you're in a restaurant and there's a really good waiter, you don't know he's there because he's just doing his job That's unobtrusively. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He ain't fucking yammering and driving you crazy and then he ain't like never around yeah. to help you. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good exactly. good analogy. Look, all these projects you gave me, t- t- uh, you know, I want to play this. Uh, metallic taste of blood. I mean, what's the other taste of blood? <laughs> the salty one. I mean, what 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 proj was this? 
Metallic Taste of Blood. So uh, it's me and Araldo Bernocchi, who's an Italian guitarist, and 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 we put the band together. And the whole idea really is there's the feeling of when you know, like when you bite your lip, you know, and you can taste the blood, right? Yeah. And you know it's wrong, but you sort of enjoy the taste. <laughs> Metallic Taste of Blood is like that. It's discordant music and it's like it's it's unsettling music. But there's something about it that I find really enjoyable to do and also to listen to. There's, it's like that whole that whole thing, you know, when something's wrong, but it still feels right. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Poe wrote an essay. It was called The Imp of Perverse. You 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 know, you will think the wrong thought just because you're we got a saying here. uh well, not a saying. I guess it'd be a Zen Cohen sort of. Why does a dog lick his balls? Because <laughs> he can. <laughs> Here, let's listen.
顔あいつに何か言われたんだもう大丈夫
when they ban something, it always goes up in popularity. It's a guarantee, isn't it? <laughs> well, from Pedro Show, that chunk of music started off with something you shouldn't like, but you do. Metallic <laughs> taste of blood and sectile. That's a good word. I never heard of it before, but it sounds like it could be a real one. Waku Waku <laughs> Kingdom after that with Doggy Bag. Uh, some stuff from Hokkaido. My buddy Nez, an Irish cat, moved to Hokkaido about 13 years ago. and He sent me some music that's happening over there in the live houses. Uh, Car Thief School with House. Uh, slang with Little Birth and Nongo with Kudan. And then finally, Twinscapes with the perfect tool. What's Twinscapes, Carl? Well, so Twinscapes is a band I have together with a really top Italian bass player called Lorenzo Feliciati. And uh, it's basically two bass and uh, and drums, you know. So all the sounds, the scape sounds and the, the sort of things that you might think are keyboards, they're usually made on the bass guitar. Wow. Okay, yeah, some of those guys. I noticed well, there was a scene about 15 years ago called Jazz Chord there, and a lot of uh, funky bass players out of Italy. A lot of slapping, a lot of, I don't want to say fusion, Oh, it's a really it's a really musical place. I've been spending yeah. a lot of time there. It's great. Yeah, I mean, guys can play the fucking asses off. Yeah, and also yeah. weird times. You know, playing in nines, <laughs> sevens, fives. Yeah, I, I think I think Italy, you know, it's a, it's a place of natural creativity. There's a lot of creative people there that I've met. You know, not just musicians, but artists and photographers and. I think it's because they spend such a lot of time cooking. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, <laughs> you, know, you know what I heard about that? No, was the mamas. When, together. When, they're thinking about it all the time. Well, but I've, you know, I played in a band. I saw you to my night with two Italian guys. And, and when they're kids, the ma don't kick them out of the kitchen. <laughs> you know, like most cultures, right? They, no, no, you help. Go on. Yeah. Cut, yeah. Cut, cut it's lovely to do that. So, so tell me about some of these other pro projects we already heard, like Burt Belief in Obaki. Obake. So, uh, Obake was, uh, was well, in fact, we're hopefully going to resurrect Obake, but it's me and Eraldo Bernocchi from, from uh, Metallic Taste of Blood again, but yeah. a singer left who I worked with in another band called ORK. Yeah. And it was a very specific idea to have, um, I playing a down-tuned bass and Eraldo's playing a, a baritone guitar. So we're really playing low-end stuff. And it was a mixture of mainly sort of heavy riffs and then real ambient, spacey things going on. And I loved playing with that band. And when we did certain gigs, people would kind of go crazy. There was something <laughs> about it that was like, it was like a, people would lose their inhibitions. Yeah. And that was a really powerful thing that we had going on. We didn't do enough with it. We did a couple of European tours and, and a few records and then, it sort of petered out, but I think we've been, we're thinking that post pandemic, this is going to be something, you know, to help people get over their ambitions, yeah. <laughs> getting over that, sorry, inhibitions. 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 Yeah. <laughs> and, and Burt Belief? So Burnt Belief was a thing I put together with a guitarist called John Durant from Boston. And it's just somebody I have a really good musical connection with. He's he's a really interesting guitar player. I'm really lucky in that I keep meeting guitarists that don't just play sort of standard guitar. You know, they treat the instrument as something really different. So John's a really interesting approach. He does a lot of effects and, and he use, makes a lot of soundscapes and really deep, 
kind of uh, atmospheres going on with his music. So we have a really good connection and getting together with him is just effortless. You know, we come up with loads of ideas all the time. And that first thing I played at the beginning of the show with just your name? Yeah, well, you know, occasionally as a bass player, because I'm used to working with different people all the time, I like to just see what I come up with on my own. <laughs> right, right. And do you and, work other machines besides the bass? Yeah, there's, I, I mean, I love programming rhythms. Uh, so most of it came out of me sitting and programming rhythms and playing bass lines and then, you know, building up from there and then eventually getting a friend of mine to sing, uh, to sing over what I'd done. But yeah, it's it was it was more. It's good, you know, just to sort of retreat into your own thing sometimes. You know? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, the search for your own voice is forever. That's what yeah, makes life yeah. a classroom, right? We're at the end of the second hour, April fifteenth, twenty twenty-one. Dish Watt Peter Show special guest Colin Edward. Hold tight for our feet. April fifteenth, twenty twenty-one. It's the third hour. A lot for Pedro Show.
chunk of virgin clay I am the hunter stalking mine I am the joy of being seen I and thou are traveling on I am a chunk of virgin clay stalking mine through the seasons of my solitude I am the joy of being seen and so I am thou are traveling
Watch for Pedro Show. <laughs> Excuse me. Start off the third hour with O-R-K. Kneeling to nothing. And then some music from Italy. I just had a Giuseppe uh, from uh, the Lepers. Way down south where the heel is, the big, the big town's Bari, huh? And the, these guys grew up and they started their own little label and ended up doing over 60, 70 albums. You know, it's the same five or six guys and they just make different bands and recordings, you know, because they can. And so El Saab with the Somnia, Irmal Victor with the Pasandro Coma Samu, El Cloro with the Ulilona, Glut from, fuck this guy, 20 letters in it. Okay. Du Asemi Colche Asen Vertidas. Thank you. God see you. Eternal return after that with uh, no man. Eternal return. What what branch is this here, Colin? Eternal return. So it was a, it was something I was invited to do, um, and with Robert Jurgendale, the Estonian guy who I was yeah. talking about earlier. And uh, the idea was like, it really appealed to me. It was a bit like um, in the old days, you know, doing a jazz album, you know, everybody just getting together and recording um, and seeing what happened around some really basic ideas. So, ah, so you're, you're talking like Miles Smiles are on the corner where they d take a big old jams and start cutting it up after? Yeah, well, it wasn't really so much like that. There were a few basic ideas going on. But the thing is, it was about really just being together. We didn't really know each other. I knew Robert, but the guys, apart from Robert, I didn't know the other guys at all. And they didn't know me. And it was all like, let's all meet. They're all from everywhere. So Paul Godwin's from California. Uh, Miguel Neuer's from Venezuela. We had a drummer from, he's a Berlin resident, but he's originally from Venezuela, Miguel Toro. And it was just like one of those things, go in and do it in the moment. And and I'm really pleased with, with how it came out, you know. Sure, sure. I and also, well, the thing is now, you know, the idea of going, meeting a bunch of people from all over the world in a studio somewhere just yeah. seems like an impossibility with COVID, you know. So it was a document of before all these problems that we've got now started, you know. Yeah, yeah, I see, I see. I mean, actually, I think anytime you fucking make music with somebody, it's a kind of document. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whether yeah, it's captured yeah. or not, but it's bitching if it is captured. And 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 this this uh, acronym O R K. What's it stand for? Uh, okay, so so um, in Italy, the word for killer whale is orca. Yeah, and two of the guys in the band are Italian. And I think they got drunk one night and they wanted to call the band Orca because it, it, it sort of it's something about a killer whale. It's a beautiful, in, a beautiful uh, animal, you know, but we it's got, dangerous. We got them here. Yeah. We got them here. Yeah. But that was the kind of feeling they wanted to get across with the music, with the name of the band. You know, it's a beautiful thing. It has moments of beauty, but moments of, you know, you know, danger and, and moments of, you know, of, uh, you know, kind of where it's a bit tricky, you know, not sure about it. And you might make you feel a little bit apprehensive. So they wanted to call the band Orca. I said, you can't call the band Orca. And in the end, they settled on ORK, which was a bad idea because it's very ungoogleable. <laughs> <laughs> now, it is edgy about those things. They're incredibly smart, but they can be very, you know, they, 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 they live in things we call pods like packs. And some of them go cannibal and they'll, they'll, 
you know, most of them eat jellyfish and shit, but some all eat the seals. And then they get all kinds of sadistic on this shit. They belly flop on them. They throw them around. They teach their kids to, like, torture them before you kill them. It's a really yeah, strange yeah. behavior. Not all of them, though. Like, we got whale watching. You know, I'm in the harbor of Los Angeles here, San Pedro. And sometimes, yeah, it's the wrong pod. They'll, like, rip open a seal's throat and spread to all the people with the blood and shit. You just, you just reminded me of one of the times I sat down with my son when he was really little and I showed him this nature program. So, you know, you put things on for kids so you can go and do something else. <laughs> I, I managed to put on the, the Blue Planet episode where the killer whales, like, kill something. And I'm in the kitchen. He comes in bawling his eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's incredible what they do to these little seals. It's like, yeah. well, you know, yeah. cats will do it with mice. It seems like more intelligent, <laughs> intelligent. Whatever, they get into some pretty, you know, about uh, chimpanzees and monkeys, right? Yeah, Every yeah. few months, they go and just slaughter, rip their hearts and brains out, and then they go yeah, back they to being calm. <laughs> it's, but anyway, you know, band names are trippy. I, I just, But again, it's it's a collection of cats uh, coming together, and Italian guys again. That That's great. I, I got some more. You gave me a couple songs of ORK and Taste of Blood. Matak Taste of Blood. So I want to play those right now, right? I love this title, Epistemus. <laughs> <laughs>
Sljedeća pjesma je Britva, govori o jednoj osjećkoj djevojčici.
Broken down the road. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, from Pedro Show, last music for this edition. Metallic Taste of Blood with Ipsissimus. You got, got that right. <laughs> it's not Ipsissimus, people. I'm a fuck. I, I wanted to read that. Okay, so you know where my head's at. And then we had Weistalka after that. Weistakla, some uh, Slavic stuff, uh, with Britva live. And then Hans Rotten out of Switzerland with some e, uh, improvised e-bass pain reliever. I think it's one of them e-bows on a bass guitar where you don't, it's magnetic field, right? It just keeps a vibe, sustaining. Yeah, yeah, e-bows are beautiful sound. I yeah, love that it. cat in uh, Roxy Music, uh, the guitar man, right? He was big on that. Ah, uh, Phil Manzanera. That's it. Great, great player. Great, great. And I heard he has a beautiful studio in London. Uh, yeah, and then I'll finally, ORK it. with Dirty Rain. So, so Colin, your plans nowadays, well, of course, the situation, but you're looking forward. Everything, was, nothing was canceled. Everything just postponed. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're, um, I've been working on a new record with ORK, which is going to come out next year. So that's nearly finished. I'm going to resurrect Obake with the Raldo Bernocchi. So we're definitely going to do some more. And um, I was doing, you know, just people, I'm lucky people do get in touch with me over the internet and want me to play bass on their tracks. And that happens, you know, pretty regularly. So I'm busy with some tracks somebody sent me today. That's been cool. And just whatever comes along, you know, I mean, I'm hoping we can get out and play again. I'm really missing playing live, you know. So so you trade files. Is this, this how you did the ORK album? Yeah, we had to do it like that because uh, basically there's, you know, there's me in the UK. There's Pat Mastelotto lives in, in uh, Texas and the other two guys are in Bologna. So okay. it's the only way to record. Ah, my uh, my two guys are in Bologna too. Oh, Stefano right. Paglia and Paul, uh, Paolo Mangardi. Okay. A okay. oh, beautiful place. You you know it, right? It's the oldest university in Europe, right? Yeah, it's, Bar a, it's a fantastic town. Yeah, yeah. They call it the train town. It's in the middle. So, uh, when you do this, like, for example, the ORK, what came first? Was it the drums? Well, I, usually I'm able to get over to, to Bologna and, you know, kick the whole thing off with the, with, so there's at least three of us there and we sketch things out and then we send it to Pat and he plays drums and then, you know, rinse and repeat over and over, you know, he might have some ideas for the arrangement and, it sort of goes on from that. And, you know, we've got a bit of a methodology for doing it. So it works for us, you know. Sure, sure, uh, sure. It doesn't work for everything. No, no. But, you know, if it's going to rain lemons, make some fucking lemonade, right? Exactly. Or, yeah, just, yeah. or, you know, have a good cry and feel sorry. I really get tired <laughs> of that shit, you know. I mean, we could have had a world war. I mean, it's a, if it's a lame thing, I understand. But man, just think if it was 1941. Man, we would have had to like take five, six, seven years off. And, oh yeah, you know, you know, you know or, what? or even I the students. Think about my my grandmother. She was born in nineteen oh one, right? So she went through World War One, you know, with her friends disappearing, the first pandemic, the Spanish flu, then there was the Great Depression, then there was World War Two, then there was a bloody I don't know what it was, the Cold War. You know. <laughs> I think 1901 was the heaviest year to be born in, if you look at it like that. If you look yeah. at all the disasters in the 20th century, you'd have been unlucky. That makes a lot of sense, Carl. Makes a lot of sense. So all I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to say, you know, it's not lame, but we, we do got to be grateful. And, 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 and try to do what we can in the meantime. Yeah, yeah I agree. 
My pop said a half ass in the meantime is better than fucking. Uh, what was the other thing you told me? You can wish in one hand and shit in the other, and you tell me <laughs> you tell me which one fills up first. <laughs> That's a good one. He worked in the engine room of a boat, so it was kind of pragmatic. <laughs> Got thinking like that. Uh, beautiful to have you on. When you get these records done, Colin, will you come back on the show so we can listen and talk about them? Sure, yeah, I'd love to, Mike. Yeah, definitely. Okay, beautiful, beautiful. Thanks, fellow bass brother. And uh, All right. we'll get more into the, the composing with bass next time. I, I wanted to get more of that in, the, in that with you, but we'll, we'll let's wait till next time. People, April 15, 2021, Dishwap Pedo Show. Keep your powder dry.